On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, Florida Gators are the top-ranked baseball team in the NCAA, and they have a connection to this province. Grand Prairie's Lars Davis joins us. Welcome to episode 118 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe Froland. The Florida Gators have become a powerhouse in NCAA baseball. Under Kevin O'Sullivan since 2008, the Gators have made seven appearances in the College World Series, winning it all in 2017. They were on a path to do it again in 2020, going 16-1 before the COVID-19 pandemic canceled the remainder of the season, and they enter 2021 ranked at or near the top of every media outlet's preseason rankings. A key piece to the puzzle for the Gators over the years has been volunteer coach Lars Davis. The Grand Prairie native and Prairie Baseball Academy product has been with the school since 2014. He was drafted by Tampa Bay in 2003 and again by Colorado in 2007, leading to an eight-year professional career before turning his attention to coaching. We profiled him for a web story back in 2018 before the podcast even existed, so we reached out again and he was happy to oblige in another conversation before his players got back onto the field last week. We chatted with the 35-year-old about the team, his journey in baseball, and an interesting connection to another former Alberta baseball player that actually helped him get into coaching. Lars, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, not a problem at all. Happy to be back. It's been a while since we last chatted. Uh, I want to know right off the bat here is what's it like having the American citizenship and having that dual citizenship now? You know, it's really not too terribly much different. Um, obviously, I wish that, uh, you know, there wasn't a pandemic going on and I was able to make it up to Canada a little bit more. But, um, you know, it is nice not having a, you know, a, the necessity to have a visa or, um, you know, constantly check in with uh, the Customs and Immigration Services uh, every couple of years just to, to see where we're at. You know, it's nice to have that freedom to be able to go back and forth. Uh, unfortunately, just haven't been able to use it lately. And obviously the COVID pandemic has been wreaking havoc on every walk of life, but uh, baseball is kind of getting back to normal almost in your neck of the woods. Uh, talk a little bit about sort of the excitement after this last year and being able to finally plan for maybe some games in the not too distant future here. Yeah. So, you know, obviously our season got cut short last year. We were just about ready to get into conference play. We got four weeks of baseball in. Uh, right before the season ended, uh, you know, uh, University of Florida ended as the, the number one team in the country, which was great. Um, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, more for the players than anybody, their season got cut short. Uh, obviously, the, the pandemic has wreaked havoc uh, everywhere in the world. You know, um, obviously, there's a lot more important things in baseball. But, uh, you know, it, it is great to be getting back into it. Uh, we'll start our team. Our first official team practice is today, this afternoon, actually. Uh, so our, our guys are really excited, uh, and we are looking forward to a season. We've got uh, three weeks from today. Uh, we will open again, open up against Miami uh, here at home in, in Gainesville. So um, we're excited about it. I think our players more than, than anybody, especially you know all the guys that, that haven't been on the field for close to a year now. What's it been like from a coaching perspective to kind of be able to plan this finally? Because I assume that there's a certain level of, of excitement that goes along with that as well as you're not dealing with the what-ifs and that you're actually dealing with the here and now. Absolutely. So, you know, getting back into it, it it's great to get back to, you know, as normal as possible, uh, getting the team back out there uh, and prepping for a season. Uh, you know, it it is a little bit different just from the standpoint of, you know, last year we, we lost out on, you know, the games, but uh, more player development than anything. You know, the 
it's why we play so many games with baseball. It just takes so long to develop players. And so missing out on, you know, 40 plus games last year, plus summer ball, plus uh, some of the games that we usually play in the fall here is uh, it really not slowed down, but um, you know, some of our players just don't have that game experience that they, they could have got over the past year. So um, from a coaching perspective, we've had to cover uh, a little bit more uh, in a, a shorter time frame. Obviously we've had to make adjustments in terms of protocols, the, the number of players that we can have in a certain area or on the field, um, distancing, everything else that, that goes into it. But uh, it, from a coaching standpoint, we've been really chomping at the bit just to get back out there and, and get our season rolling. How challenging is it from a coaching perspective to try to coach in the midst of a pandemic? You don't want anybody to be losing out. And in fact, you're probably hoping to maybe catch a couple of breaks here almost and trying to take advantage of the situation because not every program, not every student is going to be taking advantage of this downtime. Yeah, and, and you know, and we, we are very fortunate here at, at the University of Florida. I know there's programs all over the country. Uh, I'm sure in Canada as well uh, have lost their uh, their athletics programs due to, to this pandemic. So we are very fortunate to, to be able to still be able to play. But um, you know, coaching challenges they're they're daily, they're weekly. Um, obviously, you know, down here in the U.S. with the, the CDC, um, their guidelines do change just based on new information, and so. Uh, we're constantly having to adapt our practice plans in terms of number of players, uh, the time they're allowed to be together, um, where they're allowed to be together, whether it be, you know, indoors, locker room, outdoors, things like that. So um, in, in terms of scheduling, uh, it, it can get quite challenging uh, on a day to day basis. But, uh, you know, we're making the most of it and, you know, no different than anybody else in, in any other walk of life. We're we're doing what we have to do just to. Um, you know, just to be able to get back out there in the field right now. You guys are ranked number one across the nation right now. Does that put a little bit of pressure on you guys? Does it put a little bit of a, a target on your back? And how do you deal with that? You know, it, it will put a little bit of a target on our back. I mean, it's everybody wants to take down the top dog. Everybody wants to take down number one. So um, it just means that we're going to get everybody's best. Uh, you know, from a standpoint, if we put that expectation on ourselves that, you know, we can't drop to number two or we can't lose any games, you know, that, that could be a detriment, but, um, you know, we, we take it as a, uh, you know, a sense of pride that, you know, we've earned this, we've worked hard. We've got a, a great group of guys. Um, but at the same time, it's just a preseason ranking. We still have to go out and perform. So, um, we've had seasons here before where we were ranked top to start the year and, uh, you know, fell dramatically. And, you know, we've, we've been kind of middle or lower in the pack and you know one one at all so um you know i think preseason rankings are great but uh, at the end of the day we still have to go out there and perform what do you like about this group you know the the obviously this this group is very talented um you know we, we've got great players uh, at all positions uh top quality pitching staff uh but the cohesion the chemistry within the group uh is just it's great you know we don't have uh you know um there, there's always teams that have that seem to have little clicks or outliers or or things like that, where the whole group doesn't get along, but our entire our entire group, you know, freshmen through through the, the some of our graduate players, are you know, they're it's a tight knit group. There's great chemistry, uh, and the best part about it is they want to continue to get better. They're not resting on the fact that they've been ranked number one. They're not resting on, um, you know, obviously the season hasn't played yet, so they're hungry for it. They they know the the pressures that come with being number one, but at the same time, this is going to be a um, I, I think a really great opportunity for them. And, you know, it's just the, the group of guys is phenomenal. 
What do you attribute that, I'll call it leadership, to that ability to, to gel? Because like you said, a lot of times there is that um, the, the split in the room where there's a couple of people that are, that are not in there. What, what is it that is allowing them to kind of see the, the value in being a cohesive unit? You know, it, it's obviously it, it's different. You get guys from, from everywhere, not just in the state here, but everywhere around the country. And it's a lot what has been passed on from the older crews down. So, you know, we, we've had success here for, for a number of years, and it's the culture that's been built. So, um, obviously, you know, the, the younger guys get brought into this, and the older guys have done a really, really good job of showing them the ropes. You know, this is what Florida's about. This is what we do. Um, and not only that, you know, we've recruited great players. It's not just the most talented guy. Uh, we, we always want to make sure that we have good people good students you know it's not just the best baseball players it's the whole package and so when we bring all of that together uh you know it's it's really helped make this that that really cohesive that really good chemistry group uh, all across the board you've been a part of that program now for a while what makes it so special in your eyes you know again it's the it's the people it's the it's the players it's the coaching staff and it's it's everybody that's involved with the program everybody cares Uh, obviously you know wins are important um but when you're, you know, you're working as a cohesive unit all the way through from, you know, administration uh, all the way through the, the guys that do laundry, it, you know, it, they're, they're all part of the same program. Nobody's above one another. Nobody's below. It's all, you know, we're all peers. We all work together. We're all striving for that same goal. Uh, and that, that unity, that cohesiveness, that great chemistry through the, you know, through the entire program has really allowed us to, you know, to, to create a, or cultivate a, um, uh, kind of a, a program of success here. Let's talk a little bit about your your baseball past, particularly uh, in Alberta. We'll start things off with, and I mean, a, a Grand Prairie area kid, and and you managed to forge quite a career in baseball. How is it that you turned to baseball versus hockey or football or any of the other options that were certainly out there uh, in northern Alberta? Yeah, and, and so you know, grew up playing multiple sports, just like all kids do. You know, played basketball. Uh, in junior high, um, I played volleyball through high school. I uh, played at the Grand Prairie or GPCHS up there um, for the, the volleyball program. Uh, so did that, and then I did baseballs during the summer. Um, volleyball just kind of took over. So uh, volleyball and baseball were the opposite you know, season sports. I played volleyball in the winter and baseball in the summer. Uh, and volleyball, once I got to high school, just kind of took over the time from hockey. I played hockey all the way up through grade nine until um, I was about 14. Um, you know, never really played football, but um, played basketball, uh, hockey, volleyball, baseball, everything through junior high. And so uh, as the time commitment started to uh, grow for the sports, uh, I just kind of picked the ones that I, I really, really, really enjoyed. Um, and that were, you know, that was volleyball and that was baseball during the summer. Um, just as I, I kept playing, um, you know, baseball just it was so much fun. I, I always loved baseball. It was always something to you can go to the field, you go to the yard all day and uh, especially how long the days are there in Northern Alberta, you could play from, you know, 4 a.m. all the way through midnight. Mm-hmm. You know, it was you could play literally all day, every day. Um, you needed a bat and a ball in a field, so it was, you know, something that we we really enjoyed doing uh, all summer long. Um, obviously, had to keep going a little bit further and further south to play. Uh, you know, played down at uh, Prairie Baseball Academy in Lethbridge for a couple of years, uh, and just was fortunate enough to to make a career out of it, playing uh, first at, or down here at University of Illinois, and then. Uh, professional and and now coaching here at the University of Florida. Do you remember the moment where you realized that this is more than just fun, that you might actually be able to do something with this sport? 
Um, I don't know if it was a particular moment. Um, one of the, the best times that I ever remember, we were playing actually in uh, Bradenton, Florida. We were playing down at IMG uh, for spring break uh, at the University of Illinois. And uh, I remember having a, a very, very good week there. And that was kind of the, you know, wow, I might actually be able to, you know, make a career out of this, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, I might be able to play professionally and, and, and go on from there. Uh, in terms of coaching, um, once I, I knew I was kind of at the tail end of my professional career, uh, I played eight years in the minor leagues, um, spoke with a, a manager, Dave Brundage. He was the manager with uh, Lehigh Valley. Um, and I hadn't been playing very much and, and sat down and talked with him and uh, just about how he got into managing and coaching. It was sort of similar that, you know, knew, knew he was kind of on his way out from playing, um, that, you know, he could continue, but, you know, it might be a little bit of a struggle to, to continue to get jobs. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be able to, to get an opportunity to coach here at Florida. And so, um, you know, when I started here that first year, you know, the coach, uh, the head coach here, Kevin O'Sullivan, uh, has been a great mentor. Um, you know, I've, he's been very open about, you know, his, you know, his, his coaching, uh, um, his coaching journey and, and everything that goes involved with it. And, uh, the other staff, you know, Craig Bell, uh, Chuck Durallam, and they have just been fantastic in terms of. Uh, you know, hey, you know, this is what you need to do to grow as a coach. This is what you need to do to grow uh, in this business. So um, it, it's just been, you know, this uh, I couldn't think of a better place to be right now. Obviously, it helps being good. But uh, in terms of, uh, you know, where we're at right now, uh, just the, the staff here is just phenomenal. When you're chatting with Dave Brundage, did you have that uh, connection because he had spent so much time here in Alberta? He was a Calgary Cannon for a few years, you know. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. We chatted about that all the time. So. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was very, you know, Dave was fantastic, uh, you know, fantastic in, in terms of kind of pointing me in the right direction of, um, you know, where I was, where I probably needed to go in terms of my career. So, um, you know, it never hurts having that Canadian connection. I know I've, I've talked to, to plenty of guys, um, older guys, obviously now that have been through, you know, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, Calgary, uh, all the way through, um, you know, even up, uh, up in Edmonton, I remember watching some Trappers games, uh, growing up. So, um, you know, it's always nice seeing that Canadian connection, but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's always good to uh, to keep that game alive, especially up there. Absolutely. Uh, when you look back on your time on PBA, what kind of stands out for you? Uh, you know, um, that was really the the first time that I had committed to to playing baseball full time. Um, other than that, it was always a summer thing. You know, I would start in May and kind of end in August, September when when school started back up, and then a transition to volleyball. So, you know, the PBA was kind of the, the first time that I'd really got into it. Um, I do remember the, it was uh, January of 2003. Uh, I, uh, I joined PBA after the, their fall season. I joined to, to come down to the junior varsity team. And I remember the, the very first day, the, I, I, I thought, man, what have I got myself into? I'm in way over my head. I don't think I'll ever be able to compete with these guys. So, um, you know, it took a it took a little while to, to get my feet under me, but um, you know, to obviously talk to Coach Kubasek and and Coach Hubka, and you know, they assured me like it, it's going to take some time. This this is a little bit different, but you know, once I uh, I got through that the first about week uh, week and a half, started to get to know the guys a little bit more, um, started to, you know uh, you know play with the guys and and actually get a you know some practice under me and and start doing it full time. Um, it was awesome, but the, the time at PBA, um, I don't think I'd be where I am now, uh, if I hadn't been there. Um, I, I firmly, firmly believe if I had chose to, to go to, uh, you know, a division one school or, uh, you know, a collegiate program down in the United States early, uh, obviously nothing against any of those programs. They're wonderful. 
Um, I just don't think I would have got the the same level of um, one attention and, and two just the a volume of work. You know, the the ability to go out to to the field every day. Um, I was still close enough to home where if you know needed something, it was only a few hours. Well, I say few, but ten uh, <laughs> hours away down in Lethbridge. But um, you know, the just the 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 knowledge of the game, growing the game, um, everything there at PBA was you know, it, it absolutely launched to, to where I am today. How integral was that coaching staff for your development, especially, you know, it is 10 hours away, but it's still kind of that first time away from home. It's, you probably get that homesickness and all that kind of thing that, that comes along with the, with the baseball side as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, and everybody goes through that, you know, everybody has varying degrees of it. Some, uh, some players have no problem with it the first time. Some, uh, you know, it's a little overwhelming for them. Um, you know, it was great. The, like I said, Coach Kubasek was was absolutely phenomenal. Coach Hubka was was great, and, and the rest of the staff that went through, you know, some a few other coaches while we were there. But um, you know, those guys were just absolutely fantastic um, in, in terms of both personal, professional development. Um, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times just you know sat down and, and talked with the um, with one or both of those coaches just about you know who I was, who I needed to be. Uh, and not just baseball, but, you know, helping grow as a person. Um, you know, I, I still draw on some of the stuff that I learned there. The The game really doesn't change uh, too terribly much. Obviously, you know, it, it is growing. It's different. It, it does change over a, a period of time. But, um, you know, when, when you really look at it, it is still the, the same game. So there are things that, that, uh, that we did at PBA that we still do here at University of Florida that we did in professional baseball uh, that, uh, that are universal across the board. So, um, you know, I do still draw on that uh, from time to time. And uh, there are still great memories of, uh, of, of things that, that do come up, um, you know, when, when something happens here, just, man, you know, these guys either have it really good or I remember doing that while I was at PBA. So when you look back on getting drafted, do you remember the day and do you remember kind of what all kind of transpired through the how it all came to be? Yeah, so um, I, I was fortunate enough to be, be drafted twice. I was drafted out of high school by the, the Tampa Bay Rays in the 49th round. It was just a draft and follow. There was no expectation of, uh, of being signed whatsoever. You know, just um, it, it was a really great honor to be, to be drafted out of, uh, out of high school. Uh, and then I was drafted out of the University of Illinois uh, in the third round by the Colorado Rockies. Um, I remember it very vividly. Um, I was playing uh, with the Duluth Huskies in the Northwoods League. I was actually playing. We were playing against uh, Green Bay. We were in Green Bay. Um, and, uh, I had got a call that morning from a couple different scouts saying, make sure you keep your phone on, you know, we want to take you today, um, at, at some point. So I was very excited about it, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that I, you know, still fulfilled my promise to, to be able to play for, for the Huskies that night. And so I remember I had my phone on me all day, put it down, uh, in the locker room during batting practice. I remember running in after batting practice and checking it. Uh, no, nothing, no calls, no missed texts, nothing like that. So, okay. Um, you know, maybe it won't happen today. And so I got a call right before we went back out to take infield said, Hey, make sure you keep your phone on. Uh, we're, we're thinking about taking you here sometime soon. So, okay, great. Well, no call before infield. So I gave it to one of the pitchers and said, Hey, if, if somebody calls, you know, please make sure that you, you pick up or you get my attention and let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. And so went out to take infield. It just takes about 10 or 15 minutes and, you know, walked back up to him as soon as infield was over and, you know, Hey, anybody call? No, no, nothing. And so, you know, took my phone back and grabbed it and 
checked the screen. I had, you know, 15 missed calls and about 70 <laughs> text messages. Um, well, it was right before I went out to infield that, uh, that Colorado had taken me. He just didn't hear my phone ring. Oh, um, and so, yeah, so I, I wasn't, I didn't actually get to hear my name called or see my name called or anything like that. I was actually taking infield in green Bay, um, when it happened. So, um, it, it was great. Uh, the only, the biggest problem I had, I was trying to, uh, I was trying to call my parents, um, I was trying to call my parents, but the problem was, is that I couldn't hear anything they said because I kept getting text messages and it kept dinging in my ear oh, and no. my phone kept ringing with missed calls. And, and so, um, yeah, it was, it was a great, uh, it was a great experience, but it was really kind of funny. I had to let everything settle a little bit. Obviously I had to call the, the scout that drafted me, uh, right away. So, but it was a great experience. Um, it was a lot of fun. Things settled down, uh, you know, a couple hours after that. Um, don't remember how I did in the game. Uh, don't remember much after that, but I uh, was obviously uh, very, very excited about it. No kidding. Uh, talk a little bit about that pro experience and some of the things that uh, not only that, that stand out for you, but also the things that you, you still kind of take with you to this day so that you can pass along to some of those, those kids that you're coaching now. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I uh, wouldn't trade the experience in professional ball for, for anything. It was one of the, you know, the best times I've ever had in my life. Um, you know, got drafted and started playing in 2007 uh, all the way through the uh, the 2014 season. So, um, you know, it was just, it was a phenomenal experience. The um, There are a few movies. Um, I, I will say Bull Durham uh, gets it pretty close. Um, it, the, the bus trips, obviously, you know, the... Uh, uh, the Durham Bulls are now, you know, triple A program. So it's a little bit different there, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, the minor leagues are just, it's a phenomenal experience all the way through. Uh, you'll develop, you know, uh, I've developed friendships that have lasted a uh, lifetime. Um, and not to say, you know, um, some of the people I still talk to all the time are, you know, collegiate friends and, um, but, uh, but the relationship that, that you'll build will, will last forever. Um, the, uh, uh it, it is a grind. Um, it, it is playing baseball. You're playing 140 games in 180 days or 160 some odd days. Uh, so, I mean, you are playing every single day, day in, day out, uh, which is what a professional baseball season is about. Um, you get to, you really get to discover if you love the game or not. Um, if you don't really love the game, if you don't really love the hard work, the, you know, wanting to better yourself, it, it's not for you. Um, you know, it, it is a grind. It, it does weed people out that, that don't like, and it does it pretty quickly. Um, but, uh, uh, but you get to really push yourself. You get to see who you are, who you want to be, um, and, and really kind of push yourself to the, the top level, you know, playing the game. So, um, in terms of experience through the, um, you know, through, you, you get to learn a lot of the unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, is one of the, the biggest things I remember learning. Um, you know, there are guys that have made a career out of it, that have done it for, uh, you know, longer than I did. There are guys that, that played 10, 12, 14 years in the minors, get some some time in the big leagues. But um, you get to play the game the right way. You get to, you know, you get to learn a lot about the, the game of baseball. So um, I will say it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for, you know, guys that, that want to play one or two games a week and, um, you know, and watch a bunch of TV. It's, it, it's a full-time job. I remember being at the field, uh, every day for, for 10 to 12 hours. That was, uh, uh, that was one of the biggest adjustments. I know collegiate, you know, that we, we have hours on how many hours a day, uh, weeks or uh, hours per day and hours per week, uh, that we can have our guys work and professional baseball. That's not it. So, you know, I remember getting to the field every day, sometime right around 1245 to eat lunch, I'd uh, start work at about 1.30 for a 7 o'clock game. Um, you know, you go through batting practice. You go through 
skill development work. It's not, you know, seven o'clock game, show up at six and, you know, kind of half stretch and get loose and then go. It's, you know, it's a full-time job. And then, you know, there, there's stuff after the game, watching video, um, doing extra work, treatment, stuff like that. And, and you get up and do it again the next day. So, um, you know, it is, uh, you do get to learn if you love the game or not, but um, it is a, it definitely is a full-time job in minors, big leagues for that matter. Even beyond that, I look at it and say you also kind of randomly get a bit of a front row seat to some of the the best times of your life as well and some of the the best players that you've ever seen. Talk through some of the the players that you got to see through your travels and and maybe some of those guys that you turn your head and go, yeah, that guy's going to the show for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to to play with uh, with Nolan Arenado. You know, it's a it's a household name. Um, you know, perennial all-star, one of the best players in the game right now. And I was fortunate enough to, to be able to play with him for a couple of years. Um, you know, when, when you see a, a player like that, one of the, the coolest things about him was that it wasn't, you know, he wouldn't just show up at the field and, you know, and go out there and, oh, hey, he's going to be there because he's that good. It was, you know, the, the amount of work that he put in to be where he is at is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, he'd be first guy to the yard every day, first guy in the cage, first guy to BP. Uh, he would stay late to hit. He would be there early to hit with the hitting coach, with the hitting coordinator. Like he was, um, he was there all the time. And then it wasn't just that. It was, you know, he's got infield work to do. He's got base running to do. He's got strength and conditioning. I mean, he, he worked like you wouldn't believe. And so it was really, you know, really, really cool to see how you've got this, you know, one of the best players in the game today uh, and how he worked to get there. Um, you know, uh, I, I hate name dropping, but, you know, fortunate to, to be able to play with and against some of the other best players. I remember playing against, you know, Mike Trout. Um, uh, I remember playing uh, again, facing uh, a, a lot of different pitchers uh, and, and catching a lot of different pitchers uh, that, that came up through um, different organizations. Um, one of my, my favorite experiences uh, was actually getting to catch the, you know, the, the big leaguers that came back down. Um, I remember getting to catch Aaron Cook. Uh, mm-hmm. He was with us uh, in, in uh, in, in Colorado Springs in 2013, um, uh, I, I remember having a, a chance to catch him. I caught Jeff Francis for, uh, well, he was with us for uh, a little bit. Um, you know, there's there, there's a ton ton of different guys that that you get to, you know, that you get to play with. But um, getting to see the, you know, the the guys that have made their living in the big leagues come back down uh, and, and see how they go about their work is is a really unique experience as well. Um, that was one of the the first times that I or not the first time, obviously, you know, always know that hard work pays off. But um, when, when you get to see these guys that are getting paid millions of dollars and they are there every single day, day in and day out, not not just putting in the work to put the work in, but they still have to get better. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being told at one point that, you know, getting to the big leagues is easy. You know, th- there are a lot of guys that will make it to the big leagues. It's staying there. That is the hardest part of the job is there's always some minor leaguer that's hungry. There's always some new talented kid. And so when you watch these guys that, that are down here either rehabbing or they got sent back down because they weren't performing at that level, just watching the amount of work that they put in just to try to get back there is it, it was a really, really uh, great lesson, really great eye-opener. Um, and so you got to apply that to your game as well. I suppose a big part of that too is is constantly being a student of the game. It's not just the work, but also the the mental preparation. Whether it's you know as a catcher, you're you're learning what pitchers' movement is like. You're learning how to uh, feel the game and 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 kind of learning as you go and and constantly learning as you go. 
Yeah. And, and so, you know, that was, um, yeah, I remember going in, I, I wasn't, uh, I'll be the first to admit, I was not a great catcher when I got drafted. Um, I was, uh, raw might even be too kind of a word for, um, I, I was a guy that threw behind the plate, uh, just to, to fill a position I could hit. And that's, you know, and that's what I did in, uh, at PBA. I, I hit in college. Um, and then, you know, when I got to professional baseball, uh, I remember spending a lot of time with the, the catching coordinators and the catching coaches in the organization that, you know, learning how to call the game, learning how to be proficient back there. And it wasn't just a one dimensional game. Um, and that's something that, that I took to heart. Um, you know, I, I've always loved catching. I just, you know, the, the more I, I talked with the, the coaches and one of the big things, I, I actually started hanging out with uh, the pitching staff more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before it was always kind of, you know, position players and pitchers were separate. And I actually found myself, you know, being in the bullpen more, hanging around with the pitchers more, being out there during their kind of conditioning, early work, that kind of stuff, just to get to know them uh, and, and then just talking the game with them. And, and I think that was part of the, you know, the, the biggest growth that I had over the first couple of years in professional baseball was just learning, you know, l- learning how to manage not just one pitcher, your whole staff um how to call uh, a complete game not just you know throwing down random fingers what to look for in hitters um you know what to help each pitcher with what to you know when when a guy doesn't have something that day if he doesn't have his breaking ball that day or you know his fastball's a little light that day how to actually pitch his way through uh and, and still get a quality start or a quality few innings out of him so um learning the game it, it never stops I, I mean i've i've been out of professional baseball now this is this will be year number seven here for me at the university of florida uh and so it, it's just it never ever ever stops uh i've learned uh in the last seven years as much about the game as i have in the previous seven years when i was playing professionally so uh, it never stops and it never will stop and that's one of the, the really cool things about this game what's it meant to you to be able to continue this baseball journey albeit in a different way but obviously um make a career out of it and be able to do something that you really obviously truly enjoy you know i i couldn't be more thankful for it you know uh I, i'm uh, it was super lucky that uh you know my wife works here at the university of florida as well and so uh they had an opening uh, right when i was coming out of the game um and, and i'm i'm very fortunate to be where i'm at right now um i, I don't I, I i'm sure i would find something else if i wasn't doing coaching but uh, at the same time um i i couldn't think of anything else that i'd, I'd rather do um you know it, it's it's a joy to wake up and be able to come to the ballpark every single day uh for your job you know whether it be coaching whether it be playing uh you know the last 14 15 years uh, i've been able to do that on a day in day out basis uh and, and it's been you know the the best 15 years i could possibly imagine um just from the standpoint of i get to do what i love every day um, some days are harder than others, you know, when, when you're part of a, a team that's not winning or, um, you know, just, uh, you know, a- anything can possibly come up, but I-, I couldn't think of anything else that I'd rather be doing. I know during normal times, you sometimes come back to, to Lethbridge and Alberta to speak with some of the kids and speak at banquets, that kind of thing. What would your message be to those Alberta kids who are thinking about trying to chase the baseball dream? Uh, you know, the, the best thing that I'd have for them is, is go for it. Um, you know, the, the number one thing is you're, you're young, you're only young once, you know, the, the sad thing about baseball is there is a, a window and it's really from about 18 to, you know, even on the outside 40. So you got about 22 years where you can really, really chase this big league dream. Um, and when you really boil it down, it's probably only about 10 years that, that you really have to chase from the time you're out of high school. Uh, to the time you have a chance to, to make it to the major leagues. So, 
you know, you, you've really got this small window of opportunity. Um, it, it's I'm not unique in, in any sense of the word that, you know, I was more lucky or more fortunate. Um, you know, if you put in the hard work, you have the chance to do it. One of the big illusions that I had coming out of high school was that, you know, you had to be a division one player. Uh, you had to be a top recruit or drafted out of high school to, to make it happen. Uh, and the fact of the matter is you, did, you don't, you know, you, everybody develops at a different rate. Um, I, I, you know, I saw that obviously as I matured a little bit, um, as I grew a little bit older, but you know, I, I was not ready to play professionally. I wasn't ready to play division one baseball out of high school. I, I never would have made it. Uh, if I would have had an offer to, to go, I just, I was not ready to do it. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to play almost every single day at PBA. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to then be able to play every day at division one school when I was ready to go a couple of years later. So, you know, I think the, the biggest message that I've, I've got is, or I, I guess it's, you know, kind of bullet point messages. Uh, one, it's going to take work. There, there's no, there's no substitute for it. There's no magic pill. There's no, you're going to wake up tomorrow and it's, it's not going to happen. It's it's step by step. It's little gains. It's setbacks. But the the work has to be put in there. Uh, the and the the second thing is really you know you have to be ready for it. You're you may not be ready today. You may not be ready tomorrow to to make that jump to the to the next level. Whether it be you know from high school to junior college or junior college to division one, division one to professional. You may not be ready to make that jump right away. But don't stop working towards it. Um, one of the worst things, and although it may sound, you know, as cliche, uh, there, there is a lot of truth to it that, you know, I, I would I would be really remiss. I would really hate to have looked back and said, man, you know, I wish I, you know, I would have worked harder when I was 18 at PBA or I wish I would have worked harder when I was at Illinois or I wish I would have done more here or there. You know, I'm very fortunate that I can look back and say, you know what, I, I gave it everything I had. I, you know, I, I worked, I learned, I, I did everything I could to make it, you know. Um, I was fortunate enough to play professionally for eight years and, you know, fortunate enough to be coaching for the last seven here at Florida. So, um, you know, as long as you give it your all, you can at least hold your head high, even if you don't make it, you know, even, you know, wherever your career ends, you know, you, as long as you put everything that you and, you know, you, you give it your whole heart, you give all your effort and everything, you, you dedicate yourself to it at the end of the day, uh, you can at least say, hey, you know what, I did it, I gave it my all and, you know, let the chips kind of fall where they may. Final question for you, Lars, and I ask this of everybody. What does the game of baseball mean to you? I, you know, it, it really means everything. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, it, it, in my case, it literally does mean everything. You know, I without baseball, I, I wouldn't be down where I'm at right now. I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have gone to school at Illinois. I wouldn't have played professionally with all those experiences. Um, you know, my friends, my career, it, it literally is, you know, everything to me. So, um, again, would I have done something different? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, and nothing wrong with staying in Canada. My parents still live there. My, my sister still lives there, but you know, like I said, uh, at the beginning, I wouldn't trade this for, for anything in the world. Um, you know, I've been married now. This is, uh, this will be year number 11 for me, uh, with my wife, Katie. So, um, you know, it, it literally means everything to me and I wouldn't trade it in for, for anything else in the world. Always appreciate catching up with you, Lars. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast, sharing the story in audio form and all the best heading into the 2021 campaign. Not a problem at all. Happy to do it. Thanks again to Lars Davis for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your podcast provider of choice as those actions help spread the word about what we're up to. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.